welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, this is wrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. I fumbled my keyboard! <laughs> yeah, uh, G's just, uh, just, just, just messed up the uh, start of the recording of this. This is take three, by the way. Um, this week we're, uh, we're going to take a uh, look back over the week that was week 11 of the NFL season, a week which saw some teams starting to, uh, to pull away from the pack in their respective divisions. Uh, and also we're going to make our picks for week 12's games. But first of all, as we always do, we're going to have a look through some of the talking points from around the league. How are you doing, G? Everything okay? Yeah, fine. I think it's important to point out that the second um, take was entirely down to um, my <laughs> producer and host corpsing and not at all to do with me fumbling the um, keyboard and mucking up the start of okay. the recording of the first take. All right. It's not, it's not a competition. Um, <laughs> everything's a competition. Have you not read uh, uh, Win Forever by Pete Carroll? Let's move on. Let's move on to the news. Um, Who day? Well, yeah, speaking of winning forever... Um, it seems like a forever since since the Browns have won, doesn't it? The uh, the, the the Browns uh, are yeah they're still they're still winless to this point. They uh, their owner last week um, decided to uh, to offer some support to their players and had a bit of a uh, a bit of a meeting with the players. It was uh, Jimmy and D Haslam, uh, sorry Haslam, the uh, the uh, owners of the Browns uh, had a bit of a chat with the uh, with the, the players about how they think uh, how they feel things are going, outlining the the rebuilding plans. Obviously, they are still yet to win. They're, they are amassing draft picks like it's going out of fashion uh, with the view of building their team going forward. Uh, they also apparently told their players that their efforts, uh, while not successful so far, were appreciated uh, and they did feel like uh, obviously the team was, was heading down the right track. I mean, they must be kicking themselves, wasn't they, G, for, for letting people like people like Carson Wentz and, Je- and Jared Goff, people like that who have passed them by in the draft. Deshaun Watson also well yeah um, absolutely given how well he played for the Texans must also be a name that's haunting him because they could have just had him without with, while still making those trades in yeah, the first yeah. first year and that would be more my concern it's not so much the Wentz and and, and and Goff and the trades from from last season because at the end of the day we knew it was a huge rebuild and so they got a very good package for them but the fact that they then passed on to Sean Watson, let's be honest, they could have had Dak Prescott because he didn't go around to the fourth round. Mm. And so I like the approach and I sort of like where they're going. But the problem for me is this is sort of come out of the baseball and the, to some extent, basketball philosophy of analytics. And I think the issue you've got is that in baseball, you've got very definable situations. You've got one-on-one matchups, and so it's a very controlled environment where it's very easy to assess players. On the, on the NBA side of things, you only have five people on um, the the court at the same time, and, you, and so it, there's a one marquee player has a much bigger impact, and so it, it's easier to rebuild a team quicker. Yeah. With NFL, you've got a roster of 50-plus with 49 active on the day, and I think the accumulating picks is the right way to go, but you've got to have patience. And also, you've got to make those picks count. At the end of the day, if you're working through the draft, you've got to make those picks count. And there's always going to be, I don't know what, maybe 40% that really work out well. Mm. I'm not sure what the percentages are, but the key thing is there are certain key positions that you have to get it right. I think if they can get Mars Garrett fixed, but they've got pass rusher of like a league-wide quality that you know is a really good building block they can build their defense around. Otherwise, I'm not sure who the standout players are, and they have to nail a quarterback at some point. Absolutely, they definitely do. I mean, they can probably look to people like people like the Rams for inspiration, can't they? Yeah, I mean, you only have to look what the right coach in the right situation can do. And they sprinkled in some veterans. And the stupid thing is, I, I, the unit, if you can call it that, that's sort of there's definitely something they're good at seems to be the run defence and genuinely I think it's ranked second in the league and very good against the run however their offensive line if you look at the names and the amount of money okay Joe Thomas has, it was lost, lost with a triceps injury but before that they weren't exactly playing great it wasn't like Joe Thomas was playing badly but the problem is that although you bring in players offensive line requires um, continuity and you need time to bed that in and that's something that we're not getting under the CBA and so there's all these things that's making it always going to be a long-term plan for the Browns. My worry is that they might decide, oh no, this is a bad idea and throw it up in the air and try something else. I think they need to see it through. Yeah. But there's some talk and the one name I've heard mentioned, and this is a very casual thing, but you know, I did hear Peyton Manning in his name being be mentioned. And I think maybe an overall football guy to oversee the analytics just so there's a bit more cohesion between what's going on then and whatever they happen to do at coach whether they keep Hugh Jackson whether they decide to get someone through and to be honest if you look at these sort of analytic driven rebuilds in the other sports very often it's not the coach who was going through the rebuild who is actually the one that breeds the success look at Jacksonville say 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's 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 lots of teams that that, that have that have kind of done it, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a th- I think quite difficult for the uh, for the Browns from from the starting point that they've got at the minute. It's uh, it doesn't look particularly good, does it? Um, yeah. Let's have a look around the uh, the rest of the league and uh, some of the uh, some of the other uh, news items that have uh, have cropped up this week. Um, just what the Dolphins needed. We've had to uh, to let go Ray Maluga um, for for. Well, he was arrested this week for uh, battery, uh, and he was released by the uh, the Dolphins. That's that's uh, yeah, bad timing for the Dolphins, isn't it? Yeah, um, We're not uh, exactly almost, deep at that position. No, and it also it almost feels like that's an inopportune um, thing to almost start the conversation with. Um, I don't know the cases of details of the case, or or if you even do. No, I don't. Um, that's why I've left it at that. I think. Fair enough. I mean, it's lousy timing, but that's sort of like the least of the matter. And, and, and I actually think the Dolphins, you know, depending on, on, on the facts of the case, possibly did the right thing. I yeah. mean, they could have suspended him, uh, uh, but there's no real sort of exempt list or anything they can do. I think this is pretty much all they can do. I mean, I don't think they'd have, if, if there wasn't a strong case against him, I don't think they'd have released him. So I think I, I think it's... I think we get back to the usual thing, which is that are you talented enough to be worth the bother? Because yeah. we've seen players. With similar, shall we say, um, um, cases in the past, who have you know had second chances and not had suspensions, etc., because um, their talent, they decided it was worth the risk. In in with what's going on in the NFL and with Manaluga being at the end of his career, um, you can understand why, or you can see why they would have cut it. I would understand why they did it if it was any player, and it's just incredibly disappointing. Yeah. Um- Moving around, looking around, looking at uh, elsewhere in the league, there's been a couple of coaching changes as well, hasn't there? Mike McCoy, uh, the OC in, in Denver, has gone, and uh, also the Raiders uh, fired their defensive coordinator, Ken Norton Jr. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with the Raiders. It feels kind of like Jack Del Rio is sort of shuffling the chairs on the Titanic in that they're not going and the defence isn't playing well, but he's a defensive-minded coach, and I'm mm. assuming he's in there to a degree. So that feels possibly like you know like almost trying to shift the blame and I'm not sure what effect that will have with the Broncos we've had player uh, or players not so much that as the GM John Elway coming out and saying that you know players are soft which I assume is an attempt to um, elicit a reaction from them but the offense has been struggling all season it's a curious timing given that I think they're going to be looking at Paxton Lynch soon as that's the next logical thing is you need to find out what you've got in him and, and getting rid of the offensive coordinator that he at least will have dealt with is an interesting choice and it feels like they need to nail down what's going on with the quarterback and I suspect there may be more coaching changes in the offseason. Yeah, well, well, Paxton Lynch is apparently starting this weekend so uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels logical. They needed to get him not only fit, but in, you know, with enough reps, and we'll have to see because at some point they have to mm. figure out what's going on. I mean, I'm still surprised, but I don't know what would it happen with injury or what. But Trevor Simeon looked okay for the first few weeks, but then that offense has just gone downhill badly. And it has to be said, I saw on Twitter um, number twenty-two Bell talking about you know taking it seriously, and, you know, feeling like he let down his players. I'll tell you what, with him running the ball against the Bengals defense, I did not feel comfortable all game. No, no. I say you know I'm not surprised, and I suppose suppose a little bit more on that in a, in a little while. But uh, another thing we wanted to you wanted to have a look at was uh, thirty night games. There's been a bit of chatter about whether they're you know still a good idea. Well, this has been going on for a while, and it was sort of highlighted um, two weeks ago when Richard Sherman um, ruptured his mm. um, Achilles, and he'd been talking about it before, and he's actually written um, quite eloquently on the fact that you know it's a bad idea, and I think. The problem you've got is, on the one hand, you've got money being made and quite a lot of money being made by the NFL to the various um, networks and the online companies for the Thursday night football. And now, in the midst of this swirl of falling ratings, everything else is going, well, is there football saturation? Do we need Thursday night? Selfishly, I quite like Thursday night football games and the chance that I get to watch watch a game on Friday and it's an extra game that that I get to watch as a fan without having to um, worry too hard about avoiding the score. Yeah. But the health problems are a real problem. The solution I keep hearing is that um, they cut the preseason and put in a second bye, and they just make sure that the Thursday night team has, you know, are coming off a bye the week before, and so you know they have a full mm. eleven days rest rather, rather than the three four days that they get if they're playing Sunday. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that as a yeah, as an idea, but it, it would make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's a scheduling option. It also enables them to expand the um, regular season because you could have 18 games. I'm sure there's still enough games that you could do it so that you've got marquee games every week. And um, 
so you've got a slightly a longer league and more rest for players and you can keep Thursday night football so you know it's a compromise worth looking at I think yeah and uh, one more thing before we uh, move on and have a look at this week's games have you seen the uh, the, the semi-finals Hall of, Hall of Fame list uh, has been announced for 2018 I have not. Is there any big names on it? There are some very big names on it. Some, certainly some some that are very big to me. I mean, you've got people like uh, Terrell Owens is on there. He was on, obviously, last year. First year, um, you've got first year Hall of Fame, potential Hall of Famers of uh, Randy Moss, um, uh, Ray Lewis, Brian Erlacher. Um, so there's some 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 quite big uh, some quite big names. The Heinz Ward's in there as well. So yeah, some some pretty big names. It's worth uh, worth going on to NFL.com and have a look and having a look at that. Yeah, we'll see how that breaks down. I think the receivers might have to wait because there's a bit of a logjam. Yeah, and possibly. And you wonder with Randy Moss's... Um, the, the accusations of him not trying at, at certain <laughs> points in his career might yeah. come back. And I think he gets in eventually because he was just amazing. And But I'm not sure. I think he might be one of those ones where we get into the politics of whether he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, if you see what I mean. Mm. Ray Lewis, I would be very surprised if he if he didn't go in. And oh, Brian yeah, Erlach was really good for very lo- long as well. So, you know, some high-profile um, linebacking uh, candidates, certainly. Certainly are. They're all uh, all available at the uh, NFL.com. Run over here. Right, let's have a look at week eleven. Week 11's games are now in the books, so we'll uh, we'll take a look back at some of the uh, the better games that we have watched. As always, we have watched uh, the Thursday night game. We always uh, watch the uh, the Color Rush game. Um, it was the Tennessee Titans uh, making the trip to visit the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, ended up seventeen points to forty to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both teams were doing well uh, so far this season. Titans obviously needed a win in this one, unfortunately, to keep up with the uh, to keep pace with the Jags in the AFC South. Didn't quite get it. It turned out as a pretty one-sided game, didn't it? Yeah, but in fairness, it ended a one-sided game, but it was pretty tight until sort of the fourth quarter when yeah. the um, um, Steelers really pulled away, which considering the turnovers that the Titans had, particularly with um, mm. Marcus Mariota throwing the ball away, uh, was sort of an impressive feat in of itself. Yeah, Marcus Mariota, five sacks this week um, and, and threw four interceptions. Um, another four week of four um sacks last week he's not having a great few weeks is he no and it's interesting because they've got a pair of really good tackles although one of them's been injured for a bit but it just I'm just not quite sure that they're really firing or made the steps that we were hoping for and I mean some of those picks I mean one of the benefits of having the the sort of the Skycam which was basically giving you the Madden NFL view um, on the Thursday night game yeah um, was that one or two of those picks? You could just see how um, horrible a throw it was. Mm, mm. That's you it. Know, and, and one, it was. It wasn't so much. It, it, it was a bad intention of the pass, but he just overthrew it, and you could just see it sort of like almost as soon as he left his hand in the trajectory. That yeah. he was like, "Oh, that's going to the safety." And, and it was a combination of accuracy and one or two that I'm not sure he should have let go of. Um, yeah, gave the ball away, and that just gave him an uphill mountain to climb. On the other side of things, though, Big Ben uh, was connected quite well with Antonio Brown, wasn't he? Three three touchdowns, including a uh, a helmet catch. Yeah, but, um, I, I think he's um, he's he's one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the game at the moment. So yeah. this season, there's with Julio Jones struggling, um, will cover one of the other receivers that's up there this season in, in a later game. But um, yeah, he's playing very well, and in this game, he he just really was putting on something of a masterclass, and, and the um, Titans really struggled to cover him. I'm going to assume you weren't talking about Kenny Stills as one of the of the, uh, the better uh, wide receivers in the league. No, although he has pulled off some of the most amazing <laughs> catches this this year. Oh, in fairness, for a losing season, the Dolphins have have pulled off a fair number nice of plays. spectacular one-handed yeah. catches. But we'll, we'll come to them later. We certainly will. Um, I'm usually quite impressed with Le'Veon Bell, but he was he was kept really quiet this game. 46 yards from him. Yeah, the Titans did seem to have to an extent the Steelers number certainly they weren't going to let um, Bell run all over them and we actually got a fair amount of pressure on Ben Roethlisberger but sort of like, almost like the first time this season he looked a bit like the old Big Ben I mean he wasn't fully up to speed but he, he seemed to be making improvised plays and escaping pressure and it almost seemed like hitting him sort of woke him up out, out of whatever's been going on this season and, and he did a bit better uh, yeah one of the uh, one of the highlights for this game actually came uh, from the uh, from the Tennessee Titans didn't it Rashad Matthews uh, with a, with a lovely 75 yard touchdown uh, the right at the beginning of the second half yeah yeah I mean it was um, I'm trying to remember the play in question it was right at the start wasn't it right it at the was, start I think it was I think it was the first play after the kickoff pretty much um, 
I'm blanking, which is embarrassing. And I know I watched it, and I'm sure I'm going to have to dig this out when, <laughs> when, when we get back. But um, I shall take your word for it. It's unusual for me. It's usually the other way around. It was very nice. Go back and go back and have a look at it. It was uh, it was it was a very good one. I certainly uh, would would recommend anybody to uh, to check that out if they've not seen this game. Um, any, anything else before we uh, move on this game? And did, was it was it one that you enjoyed? Do you think it was a yeah, it was worth a worth a watch? Yeah, I definitely thought it was worth a watch. Um, you know, I was a bit frustrated as it pulled away and did away for my pick that that the Titans finally, sort of, or rather the Steelers finally put it all together, and the yeah. Titans couldn't quite keep it close as they seem to have done most of the, most of the season. And um, yeah, it, we're now getting to that stage of the season where. Lo and behold, the um, Steelers and the um, Patriots look the class of the AFC. Absolutely, they certainly do. Um, well, uh, this is we're starting a run now. Second second week in a row that I've picked a Thursday night game. I got I picked the Steelers and obviously got this one uh, got this one correct. Does this mean that I now have to wait for you to decide which team you want to pick, then pick the other team, then I match your pick to get a Thursday night? It's up to you. <laughs> up to you. Do what you like. I'm going to carry on with my uh, with with how I've been doing it though. I'm going to pick <laughs> against who I who I think uh, I would normally have picked. Uh, and so, if I'd gone for that, I'd have still been. Uh, if I hadn't gone, I haven't done that, I'd have still been uh, without a, a, a correct pick since week one. So, oh well. Um, so, uh, the next game, sorry, is the uh, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, it was, this was a game that was uh, rearranged from week one following the hurricane that uh, was swept Florida in early September. Both of these teams are having to go sixteen games in a row without a uh, without a bye, and both teams are kind of showing it a little bit. It was <laughs> it ended it it ended it up thirty twenty to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Which I must say, I think was a little kind on Tampa. It well, obviously, with the um, yeah, it was a very close game throughout until um, they scored a touchdown on your um, lateral. We're mm. trying to get back into the game, end of game play, which did skew the end, uh, did skew the end, the end result. But equally, <laughs> the Dolphins did almost quite well to stay in, given that uh, Cutler threw three interceptions in the first half. He looked very bad, very bad to start with. Yeah. Yeah, he's either looked deceivingly good or really bad this season. Mm. Yeah, I, and I can't, I can't get my head around what the what's what's what the difference is because sometimes he's he just he just it's just a different Jay Cutler that turns up from one Sunday to the next. Almost sometimes it feels like one quarter to the next. Well, yeah, certainly, and Absolutely. that can't be easy for you to um, sort of judge what's going on. And, and you got another long rushing rushing. Was it a touchdown or just a huge uh, long run? No, just a very long run. Damian Williams, yeah, he's, he, yeah I'm assuming that's, that's right. the one you're talking about. It's the yeah, uh, yeah. yeah 69-yarder uh, right at the right at the start of the game, but uh, he didn't really do much for the rest of it. Yeah, no, and he couldn't quite finish it off uh, off as he got caught. But um, yeah. it's another bitty game for the Dolphins. The defense isn't quite coming together at the right times. No, the offense just can't be consistently productive. And so, as we mentioned earlier, there's been some spectacular catches by your receivers this season and certainly there's enough talent there but but, Mm. it just doesn't seem to be a coherent plan and a quarterback who can execute consistently enough and Matt Moore looked good in the second half but if Cutler is out with concussion do you get second half of this game Matt Moore who's sort of got them back into it a bit or do you get the guy who started um, the the game the other week and got yeah, and got beaten beaten so badly they got shut out. Yeah, I mean it's that's that's a good point. I mean Matt Moore, like you say, he looked very good when he came on. Came on because uh, Cutler went off at half time with, with concussion. He's actually out of this week's game as well. Is he? Um, he's yeah. definitely out. Isn't yeah, he? he's he's still in concussion protocol, so it looks like he's out. Um, but when he did come on, when Matt Moore did come on, he had a, he had a blinder, two hundred eighty two yards and a touchdown. He looked really good. He's definitely a very good backup. Whether mm. you want him as your starter, I don't know. No. But the other thing that we should mention in fairness to him is that that Ravens defence is really good and they've yeah. made a lot of teams look um, bad on offence this season. But um, it's considering the fact that there are a lot of very few teams are out of the wildcard race, it's sort of a bad year for the Dolphins. To, to be not able to quite mm. put it together on offense. Well, the uh, the other t- the 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 Tampa Buccaneers were also on their uh, their second string quarterback. This that was for the whole game. Fitzpatrick he looked fairly good. Two hundred and seventy five yards looked looked pretty comfortable all game. Didn't yeah, he? He, he did. I think it helped that um, he, he seemed to be quite often having mid range passes mm. to open receivers and OJ Howard. So you, you yeah. guys, and we've seen this a bit with your linebacking core um, in, in the obviously Timmons is is an experienced linebacker but doesn't really have the pace to stick with a um 
stick with a tight end on the move and yeah. Alonso Jones don't seem to be able to and so we've I've, I think I'm sure I've commented before that you guys have had problems with covering tight ends we have yeah it's 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 one of those one of those things I think we we certainly need to uh, to, to work on because it's it's not working whatever we're doing at the minute yeah whether you whether you need a coverage linebacker or or, or a safety you can come down and follow and a, mm. a scheme change but something you know isn't quite working there because that does seem to be a thing the other thing that didn't help the Dolphins was that were really heavily penalised as well 123 total penalty yards yeah a bit, I mean discipline and some dumb stuff and then Indomitian Sue being Indomitian Sue that's what comes just... in though isn't it when, you, when, you're at, when you're at your worst when you're having a, a rough time of it discipline does start to start to drop doesn't it that's almost one of the first things you've got to get hold yeah. of as, as a coach I mean the, the ones for me that I would imagine drive you mad as a coach are the discipline ones and the lineup play and penalties mm. oh, yeah. on offence and you know basically any professional football player who goes in with a formation and, and you know can't get lined up on the line of scrimmage so his tackle is covered I, I would imagine I as a quality control or any kind of offensive coach I would just be going ballistic in you know on Monday morning if I had any of them Offensive false starts as well should be uh, another one that, that I think. Uh... I think you get less of it away from uh, you know away from home. But if you're the Dolphins and you're at home and you're false starting, then yes, you you <laughs> there should be some kind of fines or something in Absolutely. place. Absolutely, definitely. Well, like you say, it was it was a close one for uh, for, for most of the game. It was twenty points to twenty uh, with seven seconds left. But then a, uh, a field goal for the Buccaneers and a touchdown from from a cocked up lateral play that the Dolphins tried. Um, meant that they, yeah, they, they they made it look a lot more comfortable than it was. It was thirty twenty in the end, uh, and we both picked the dolphins and got them wrong. So uh, yeah, yeah, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> the uh, the third game was uh, yeah, this was this was the game that looked like it was going to be a hell of a game. I thought we thought it was, this was going to be uh, game of the week. It was the LA Rams and the Minnesota Vikings. Two teams absolutely on form, looking every bit like contenders for the NFC Championship this year. Um, it ended up at the, uh, the 24 points to 7 uh, to the Minnesota Vikings. Rams couldn't quite manage to match their average 33 points per game in this one. No, and I actually thought, again, this is another game where um, it was really quite competitive until the fourth quarter. And for a lot of this game, the defences were winning out. But I think the problem for the Rams was that the um, defence and Mike Zimmer were able to adjust enough to stop them and slow them down and they just couldn't quite contain Case Keenum and suddenly Case Keenum wins the battle of the um, Rams 2016 quarterbacks yeah that's it I mean it's it's it must be nice it must be really good for him having having been kind of edged out last year to to now be be really leading the leading the way in in, in Minnesota He's, he's doing very well it, it, he is. I mean, um, I did some coaching tape the week before, and mm. um, Adam Phelan is seriously impressive as a receiver. And great, so isn't he? The combination of him and Stefan Diggs is, is as good a one-two as you've got in the league, probably. And Kyle Rudolph is a very solid tight end. Uh, they seem to be getting enough out of their running backs, and the defensive line has improved massively from last season. And your dad must be just really, really pleased with the way this season is rolling out. Very much so. He's he keeps mentioning to me how he's going to be the, uh, the they're going to be the first home uh, Super Bowl team. So I don't know if he's jumping the gun, but. Uh... They might have to play the Rams again. I would suspect Possibly. the Eagles might have something to say about it, but certainly right. they're in the mix, and that's what what you want. And I couldn't I couldn't be happier for Mike Zimmer. No, absolutely, he's, he's certainly one of your favourites, isn't he? Um, it was it was it was a relatively close one. I mean, up to the up to the fourth quarter, it was seven all, um, and and the, the Vikings just just ended up pulling away in that in that final quarter, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Keenum, and um, once again, him playing very well, and that is true, but he has got lucky once or twice. I mean, he threw a couple of picks in the game that I watched um, the week before, and in this one, he, I think he threw one, inter- he didn't throw one interception, but he should have had one interception, yeah. you see what I mean? Yeah, Bounced yeah. Off, a de- off a defensive player, and so he does still have that every now and again, that throw that makes it go, oh, cripes, but so far it hasn't cost him, and I do have a lot of faith in the infrastructure in, in in Minnesota. And what will be telling, I think, as far as the Rams are concerned, is that they won't face that good a defense playing in with the home advantage that the Vikings seem to have at their current stadium. However, there has been talk about the precipitous drop in um, QB rating that Jared Goff has when he faces the top-level teams versus the teams that have been, been beating up. Now, certainly... I don't think that there's any falseness in the Rams beating the lesser teams. And in fact, there's several teams, the Steelers one we mention quite often, who when they're playing against teams that they're quote-unquote supposed to beat, you know, they struggle. So I don't think it's any detriment to the Rams running up the score or doing well against the 49ers or whoever. 
But I do think we'll need to watch for sort of the next stage, I think, of Jared Goff's development will be if he can maintain the performances against the kind of teams that he's going to hope, I would imagine, face in the playoffs this season. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's he's having a good season, but he has got a... He, he, he... I hesitate to use the word step up, but he's got he's he's certainly got to have he's he's got to have he's certainly got to have uh, a, a start start putting in some performances against against those big te- big teams like you say. Yeah, they've got a bit of an interesting um, schedule coming up. If, if if memory serves, they're playing the Saints um, next week, and I think they might have somebody else tough coming up in the next couple of weeks. So they've got a bit of a running coming up. Uh, yeah, the Saints next week, the Eagles in week fourteen. They go to Seattle, although that might be slightly easier. So you know, there's a couple of more challenges coming up. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do against the Saints. Yeah, it certainly will. Uh, well, it's, uh, it, it could have been a bit closer. The the the, the Rams. Uh, could have had another touchdown, but for a uh, but for a fumble at the one yard line, which was uh, a bit of a bit of a kicker for them, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the way these things go, unfortunately. I'm afraid. Uh, like I say, ended up at 24 points to seven to the Minnesota Vikings, uh, and we both uh, both beat the Vikings and got this one correct. Yes. Uh, and are you going to admit to the fact that you text me going, "Oh, I'm not sure about this oh, pick"? I was so close, <laughs> I, like so close to changing my pick. On the uh, on on like even up to like five to six, I was thinking, is it too late? Is it too late? <laughs> you but know our cardinal rule about picking. I know, I know. Never I change know. your mind; it always goes badly. We learned that in, in in the first season of the competition, did we not? We, we certainly did. Right, uh, fourth game. The, uh, the fourth game we, uh, we we both watched uh, in a bit more detail is the uh, the Bengals and the Broncos. And uh, yeah, if if the Bengals were going to get back to winning ways, it really had to be this game for them, didn't it? It's uh, it was. It was much closer than I expected. It ended up 20 points to 17 to the Cincinnati Bengals. How, first question, I suppose, how on earth do you intercept at your own, in your own end zone, run 100 yards, and then fumble with one yard to go? You are aware that it's called Mile High Stadium for a reason, right? He was knackers. Well, good point, yeah. That's <laughs> a know, good point. He'd just run the 100 yards away from some very large, scary men. And let's be honest, he managed to recover the fumble and keep the ball. So I'll let him off. But he's a somewhat frustrating player, shall we say. Remind me who it was. It was uh, number 27, Drake Kirkpatrick. Right, yeah, that's him. It was, it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a hell of a run, and uh, yeah, he, he... the human pass interference, interference, and five-yard holding penalty merchant. <laughs> I think. I he, mean, I... in fairness, he is, he is also a good cornerback, but he, he gets flagged too often, and I do worry about his discipline at times. He kind of, he, he kind of looked over his shoulder, didn't he? And it kind of threw him off a little bit. It, I, I don't know. Yeah, he he was he was trying to evade and get into the end zone, and yeah, he saved the ball, and that's okay. And then we missed the extra point. You did, but the, I mean, the rest of the game, though, you, you you ended up you ended up getting the uh, getting getting the win. It was twenty points to seventeen. Like I say, you you got the points, but it it wasn't it was far from a comfortable game, wasn't it? Yeah, um, part of the problem or. <laughs> Part of the good thing for us and part of the problem for the Broncos was that Osweiler did that thing he does where he throws the ball and stares down a receiver who had no chance of catching it because it yeah. sailed over his head or, you know, five yards short. Yeah. And so with, the Broncos looked pretty good running the ball, but they've just not been able to find an answer uh, uh, quarterback to um, give them an effective um, passing game. And considering the receivers they've got, you know, you it wouldn't take the world's most amazing quarterback to, to get that offense moving again i don't think no and, and i mean on on your on on your side of the ball your offense you didn't get much going did you 157 total yards in the air do you think andy, did andy dalton struggle what was what what do you think I mean, once again, um, the Bengals couldn't run the ball. I mean, 49 yards off um, 20 runs for um, Joe Mixon. It mm. just the offense isn't right a lot of it comes down to defensive line and I feel like I'm saying the same thing every week because it's not going to magically fix itself no it's not I mean do you think this kind of potentially gets you back on track or is it is it a bit late now to do much I think it's I think it's a bit late and I think we might get a bit of a false perception as we're facing the Browns um, in the upcoming week but then um, I think the games get hard again what's your record on at the moment I can't remember four and six hmm Yes, I mean, it's, I think it's probably a little bit late to uh, to have a a, a, a turn. Yeah, I mean, now, I but... gave up on the playoffs several weeks ago, and we lost yeah. too, too many home games. But you know, you've got you've got a free game. You've got okay. Here's the thing: we've got um, a free game homestand coming up. Browns 
eminently winnable. Steelers, very losable, I would imagine. Very, possibly played in close, but I doubt it. Chicago Bears, winnable. Then we've got to go to the Vikings, and I'd say that's a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, home for the Lions, and the Lions are probably better, and that's likely a loss. And then um, away at the Ravens to finish up the season. Hmm. I don't like your chances. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I'm going. Yeah, I mean, you, you, and for the most part in this in this one, I mean, your, your defence looked okay. Has done all season. I mean, yeah. the problem is... The problem is the way the offense is constructed. I don't know whether an entire um, uh, off season would help Bill Lazor run an effective offense. But to be honest, um, I'm kind of ready to have somebody flashy and new and exciting. Yeah, you've you've you've, you've written him off, have you? I think it needs to change. I mean, mm. I, I would be very happy for Marvin Lewis to go up into the head office and maybe step away from day to day coaching and give somebody new a chance because of all the changes he's made and the stability he's brought. Whether he wants to retire, I'm not unmindful of the um, huge improvements that he's brought as as a um, franchise to the to the development of what he's done. But yeah. I just feel like it, it, this run has come to an end and we need somebody with fresh ideas and a fresh impetus yeah well yeah the Broncos did have a, a good go at it they were they were right at the end of the the game they were making their, their way back down the field uh, at the end they could have won it but uh, they, they got to the to the Bengals 26 yard line but couldn't complete on fourth down and uh, yeah it got the uh, it left you all you had to do was, was kneel it out so uh, yeah it was a yeah it was a much closer game than I think most people would have expected this one to be myself included I was not so far away from picking the Broncos, so um, you didn't, I, I, I'm not in surprised it was it was close. No, I tried a little faith. You did. You had you had that faith, and, and we we were both correct on that one. So uh, nobody nobody dropping any points there. Let's have a look at at the uh, rest of the league. Then we'll have a uh, bit of a whip round the, uh, the the league. Uh, the Detroit Lions. The Lions uh, are just a couple of games behind the Vikings in the NFC North uh, going into this game, uh, and uh, they they really needed a win to uh, to keep pace. They were playing the Chicago Bears, uh, and uh, yeah, they got it. It was twenty seven points to twenty four. Despite taking the lead, the Bears couldn't hold on. Lions uh, won this one with a field goal with just over a minute left on the clock, uh, and the Lions is uh, uh, two games behind Minnesota. The Browns are still yet to win, but uh, as G points out, the, uh, the 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 Jags who they were facing this week are uh, one of the, the turnaround three this season. Uh, more on that a little bit later. Uh, Leonard Fournette was uh, was back from his ankle injury this week as well to help out the Jags. Uh, it ended up Jacksonville nineteen, uh, Cleveland seven. Uh, only just over three hundred yards between these two teams through the air, but one hundred and eleven rushing yards for Fournette uh, was the difference. And yeah, the Browns are still winless. Uh, the Ravens uh, played the Packers this weekend. The uh, Brett Hundley, he, he managed to he, obviously last week. He, week he picked up his first win of his career for the Packers. Uh, was looking for back to back wins this week, and uh, yeah, that backfired. Unfortunately, it was uh, the Packers got their their first shutout since two thousand and six. Uh, it was twenty three points to nothing to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, just six points in it at half time, but the Ravens ran away with it in the second half. And uh, yeah, both teams, both of these teams are now at five and five. And going back to what we were saying earlier about the Ravens' defense, that's their third shutout this season. Yeah, pretty pretty good. It feels like there's been a lot of shutouts this year, a lot more than normal. There's, I think, you know, the discussion we've had about the CBA and affecting um, how the coaches coach and offenses and particularly offensive lines. I think, yeah, there's, there are problems with how the coaches are getting to coach the game and put together things on offense that are showing up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, Arizona against Houston. The, yeah, the Texans got a stuffing at the hands of the Rams last week, but uh, they had more hope this week given that the uh, the Cardinals were down to their third string quarterback, Blaine Gabbert. Um, Gabbert did pretty well overall, passing for 257 yards, including three touchdowns. He couldn't do enough for the uh, win, unfortunately. It was 31-21 to the Houston Texans. It was a fourth-quarter comeback from the Texans, and it uh, puts them at 4-6 and six so far for the season. Uh, the Giants are really struggling this year, and while the uh, the Chiefs uh, obviously sit at the, the top of the AFC West, uh, they, they they couldn't get the win. It was the uh, the Giants picked up the win on this one, twelve points to nine. Uh, very low scoring affair, but overtime was needed to separate these two teams. Uh, no touchdowns in the game, uh, and the the Giants took the uh, win with a twenty six yard field goal. It was the the Giants' first win since week six. I think their first home win. I think it might be, yeah. Yeah, first home win and the um, weather was pretty atrocious and played a, a part in, um, I think, hindering both offences. Mm, that's it. Well, this uh, this game was the uh, this week's game for the uh, the Saints was their chance to pull away at the top of the NFC South uh, with the Panthers being on their on their bye week. Uh, they've now made it eight in a row. It was thirty four points to thirty one against the Washington Redskins. Um, 
Another one which needed over time, but the Saints uh, streak continues. They had to, uh, to to come back to do it, though. Uh, they were down by 15 points with five minutes left on the clock, but uh, a, a hell of a comeback towards the end of that uh, got, them, got them the win. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, well, they're, they're having a bit, of a bit of a troubled time at the minute, but they've, they've lost their last couple uh, last week's pretty heavily to the Saints, and uh, they decided to uh, change quarterback this week. And, uh, yeah, it didn't work. Um, lots and lots of... Of, uh, of of interceptions and, and sacks, but the uh, yeah the Chargers on the other hand, who they were playing, while they're not exactly setting the world alight, look like a much better team than a lot of people expected. So uh, yeah, no more so than uh, than than, to, than than this game, I suppose. It was fifty four twenty four to the LA Chargers. Chargers managed six touchdowns, even though they made just uh, just over thirty more yards than the Bills uh, overall. And the, the highlight for Buffalo was a hundred and fourteen yard game from Shady McCoy. But yeah, not looking good for them at, uh, at quarterback, is it? No, um, there might be further problems here. The the Bills were doing really well at the start of the season, and we were talking about how well the coach had done and the yeah. defense was looking good. And then they um, traded their run stuffing tackle to the Jags, and they lost two games straight. Peterman came in at the end of last week's game, broke them down, scored a touchdown. And the decision was made to turn uh, to sort of like make Starting. him start. Yeah. And he threw something like four interceptions in his first nine passes or something. I mean, you know, pulled at half time and that's the kind of disaster that could depending on how the, how Sean McDermott handles that in the locker room this week and I think they've already going back to Tyrod Taylor, but mm. that's the kind of thing that could bring in questions in the minds of the players and we shall have to watch the Bills carefully the next week to see how they close out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Tyra Taylor's uh, back this back this week on the centre for the uh, for the Bills. So uh, yeah, going to be going to be an interesting one this week. Uh, New England went into this week's game uh, with four wins out of four on the road uh, and, and looking like they were, were going to take the uh, AFC East fairly easily again this year. Although I suppose both the uh, the Raiders and the Patriots could kind of claim that they were on the road this week because uh, it took place in Mexico. Um, it wasn't far off a yeah, perfect game for Brady. Very one-sided game. Raiders got just one touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, it finished 33 points to eight uh, and included a, uh, a two-point conversion for the uh, for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, yeah, in that in that final touchdown at the end. Quick uh, bit of trivia before we uh, we move on. By the way, you've got another one. Okay, you've got another one from my from my dad. So uh, yeah, this this is a uh, another little little uh, test for you. Three, you, there's there's three points for you here because mm-hmm. it's kind of three three points. This question. So, who are the most successful two point conversion team in a season? How many did they get? And what year was it? Oh, good grief. <laughs> right, because this is a three-parter. So, uh, do I have to go for all three ones you, and go from there? Yes. Or... Right. Okay. I'm going to try very recent, and I could be horribly wrong, but I'm going to go to Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to go last year, 2016, because if you remember, Mike Tomlin was going really aggressively for two, and I reckon they maybe got say a dozen. You, you're not far off. You got the team right, Pittsburgh Steelers. It was twenty fifteen, and they got eight. Oh, not bad, not bad at all. <laughs> I'm giving myself like a point and a half for that. Yeah, I think, my reasoning I think was right. It was just the number and the year. Yeah, but, right. oh. I think you're right. Well done, well done. <laughs> but a good question. I like that one. Yeah, more. I think there's more of these to come by the sounds of things. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I could have could have one each uh, each week. Anyway, back to the games. The uh, the Eagles uh, not only had the uh, the best record in the league entering Week Eleven, but they were uh, coming back fresh from their uh, their bye week. So everything was pointing towards a, uh, a Philadelphia win uh, this week against uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, yeah, they, they didn't disappoint. Uh, it was thirty seven points to nine to the Philadelphia Eagles. That being said, the Cowboys led at halftime, believe it or not. Uh, they didn't score again in the second half, while the Eagles absolutely ran away with it. So uh, yeah, another team that are eight in a row. Yeah, and it sort of felt like they did that thing that used to happen when United were in their pomp in the 90s and a lesser team would score early and just anger the mm. yes, <laughs> United yeah. and they get battered. And it's sort of like they went into half-time and I don't think that um, Peterson went into um, the Eagles and went, lads, it's for Cowboys. As <laughs> <laughs> that might be a reference I might need to explain to some, to some of our non-football following friends. Uh, the Falcons uh, played the uh, the Seahawks this weekend uh, in the uh, the Monday night game. Um the Seahawks were handed a blow this week with uh, with Cam Chancellor being ruled out for the for the season with a neck injury. Uh, and this one turned out to be an exciting game. It was the the Falcons got the win, but the Seahawks uh, nearly pulled it back if it was if they weren't if they well if they hadn't missed a uh, a 54 yard uh, field goal right at the end of the match, uh, which handed the game to Atlanta. It finished 34 points to 31. 
Yeah, and a lot of talk about the decision at the end of the first half that Pete Carroll made about going for a fake field goal attempt, mm. which didn't work out, and they lost by three points. So I'm He'll not be kicking sure. himself. Yeah, I know that you're very much against anything that takes points off the board or risks easy points, yes. but I feel like the Seahawks might have to take some risks given the injuries and what they've got going on. They might have to now. It's a Right then, G, let's take a look at what you've been writing about on the blog this week. Uh, three teams uh, got a closer look from you this week, didn't they? Your, your, your piece was titled The uh, the Turnaround Three. Yes, and now I'm panicking going, which teams did I pick? Which teams did I pick? <laughs> uh, obviously, the LA Rams. Yeah. Uh, because, um, for obvious reasons, from the disaster they had last year to be um, leading their division, uh, we touched on the Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, uh, who are not quite as fully successful. And honestly, I'm blanking for a second... Was it the Eagles? Yes, it was the Eagles yes. who didn't make the playoffs at all last season and are, you know, have the league's best record. And it's just really nice to see improves the um, the ideology behind parity in the NFL. Whilst it's not working all the divisions, says you know, I'm sure as you're used to looking up at the Patriots, you're aware of this, but it can and does work, and that gives all teams, even hopefully the Browns, hope that one day it might turn around. That's it. Um, and your amateur adventures in film uh, covered Case Keenan and the uh, the Vikings um, offense, didn't it? Uh, Case Keenum is doing solid work, if not spectacular, and the offense is really well schemed. And I'm really impressed by Adam Thielen. He and actually both him and Stefan Diggs, apart from running routes well, uh, really getting in block, and that helps them when because they come in for for running plays and block block as as a standard part of the running game that also means that when play action things they can do they can um, work off that and it, it, it fools the defence because they're used to coming in and blocking anyway and it allows them to stack the receiver behind a tight end and run routes that work off each other and it's all working into that interchangeableness which I think is one of the keys to keeping a defence off balance and making an effective offence Yeah, uh, What are you planning on looking at uh, this week for the blog? Well, I was planning to look at uh, um, Jared Goff, but I'm not Goff. sure that it's entirely fair with the with how well the Vikings' defense. I was, must admit, I was kind of. Is it cheating if I go have a look at Tom Brady just because he's 40 and playing ridiculously? No, nope, go for it. I think that's a good idea. Well, that's what I will do. Excellent. Well, I'll look forward to seeing that. Uh, for all of that and much more from G, make sure you stay tuned to the blog. It can be found at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? Okay, on to week twelve, and uh, let's have a look at the uh, the picks for this week. We're uh, we, we've closed up a bit. It was eighty nine, eighty five to you, so uh, back to four points difference. So, yeah, that's a yeah, uh, that's a that's that's a nice little uh, nice little catch up. I think we've made there. Yeah, it's an, it was an interesting week because I, I made my picks and, and was sort of happy, and I saw your picks, and then I saw the differences. Not only the differences, but the teams mm. that I had different to you. And it was like, hmm, I seem to be backing the Browns and the Giants, and you know, just looking through the list of teams I had differently. Go, this feels like it has the potential to go disastrously wrong, and it didn't. It stayed pretty even considering um, that I was one down from the get go with the Titans Steelers. So yeah, not we'll bad. Do. Not bad. Well, let's have a look at this week's but full a full slate of uh, sixteen games this week, with it being uh, Thanksgiving week. Uh, we start off with the Vikings and the Lions. Uh, two and a half points given to the Detroit Lions this week. I just think the Vikings are on a roll. I yeah I I, I agree, uh, which is why I'm going for the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're really keeping to that one? Yeah, yeah, but I'm sticking to it. Fair enough. Here's the thing I would say to you that, that might make you feel better is that I am really impressed with the way Matt Stafford is playing and I'm actually really looking forward to seeing the Lions. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, yeah, a good game this one. And you're, you're off Friday, aren't you? So you'll be able to watch all the, uh, yep. all, the, all, the all the replays of the games. Very nice, very nice. Um, Chargers against the Cowboys. This is a, a straight who's going to, who's going to win this one. Um, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I think I'm going to go for the Chargers. I think I agree with you. Oh, excellent! That's all right. That makes it, that makes me feel a bit better. Their ta- without their left tackle, they've have really struggled. I think that's more of a problem with Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott is gone from having one of the best um, sort of situations with with the incredible offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott to having a run game that he can't rely on because his offensive line he can't rely on, mm. and the Chargers had a pass rushes to exploit it. Okay, third game, the uh, the last game for the uh, for the uh, Thanksgiving Day is the Redskins and the Giants. Now, this is a difficult one to call. Seven and a half points given to the Giants. Washington are at home. I think they're a the better team. But they've just lost um, like their last foundation um, skills player position in Chris Thompson. And so, I, and honestly, I'm thinking I might pick the Giants to cover, but I really don't want to. I think I'm only going to... If, if I'm thinking about picking them, but I think, it's like you say, it's only to cover. I don't think they'll win. 
no, I'm fairly certain Washington will win, and I'm just just wondering if, um, yeah, I just don't trust the Giants at all. But they mm. did get a win last week, and Washington are just so injured. But they're a tough out every week. Yeah, um, I, I think I'm going to go uh, with with the with the Giants. Um, Falcons Buccaneers uh, first first of the uh, the Sunday games eight and a half points given to the Buccaneers. Now Falcons haven't looked that good. They just put up a lot of points against a very injured Seahawks team, but this feels like a line that's too big to me. Yeah, it kind but of. But I'm does. not impressed at all with the Bucks, though. So no, I'm, I'm, I know neither are I, and because they, yeah, they didn't look fantastic. So I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure. really unsure of that. I, I sort of want to pick the Buccaneers, but I'm not sure I'm brave enough. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have a think. Um, Bills Chiefs. Four, nine and a half points given to the Bills. Bills have got Tyrod Taylor back. Uh, I, I think the. See, I'm really unsure because, on the one hand, if the Bills refine their form at all, they might be able to keep it close because the Chiefs' defense is no good. But, you know, if anything in the last weeks has shown us is that um, if the Chiefs want to get the running game going again, this mm. might this Bills' defense and hence after that trade might be the one to do it. It might be. My God, I don't know. Nine and a half points is is a lot of points. Yeah, it really, really is. I sort of want to pick the Bills, but again, am I brave enough? I know that's exactly what I'm thinking. Exactly what I'm thinking. I don't know. I don't know. It's another another th- another one I'm gonna have to think. Of. I think it's a lot this week. Looking at these, yeah, I think lines. I think I'm gonna be buried in the stats a lot, trying to trying to work out my rankings and my DVOAs and, yeah. and, and checking the injury list as well. That's it. Um, not not. Uh, I mean, not this one. This one's thirteen and a half points. Thirteen and a half points in this next game uh, are given to the Chicago Bears. They're travelling to Philadelphia. Um, I'm still going to go for the Eagles. I think I'm with you, just because the Bears are on the road and the Eagles seem to be really, really good and have got enough big wins to make me think they can cover that line. Yeah. Um, the uh, same questions I always ask: Are the Browns going to get their win this week? They're I'm kind of worried that they might. But I don't yeah. think so. I genuinely don't think so. But I don't. I'm not taking this game for granted, particularly as you know, yeah. it, it is the Battle of Ohio. But you know, it's in Cincinnati, and the Bengals are really quite. You know, I feel like they're a step up from where the way the Browns are playing at the moment. Yeah. Well, they they they're given eight and a half points in this one. That's uh, it, it's enough to make me certainly think about picking the Browns. Yeah, except that I've done that twice in the last two weeks with the Browns, and the Browns have um, bitten me in the bottom. So basically, mm. I'm not doing it again until they prove to me that they can cover a line. I think I might, I might pick the Browns though. I'm afraid. That's, that's perfect. If you want to get bitten in the bottom by the Browns, then feel <laughs> free to join the club. Uh, Titans Colts uh, three and a half points given to Indianapolis. I I'm think, going. I'm going Titans. Yeah, me too. I think. I think the Colts are just too injured and things are going too wrong. Mm. Um, ridiculously rude of the good people of, of ESPN to give uh, to give the Dolphins sixteen and a half points against the New England Patriots. That is the most I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm going for the Dolphins still because I always do. But uh, yeah. I'm really tempted by that Patriots line, but it worries yeah. me. I mean, that is such a ridiculous number of points that I'd almost like discard it entirely, except. The Patriots playing really well and Matt Moore and I don't know I think I will probably join you with the Dolphins because I just can't bring myself to but it would not surprise me <laughs> if the Patriots cover that line I'm sorry yeah, I, right. I don't want it to happen I really really don't but it might yeah it, it, it might well um, Panthers Jets four and a half points to New York Jets Panthers a little I'm a little bit worried about the Jets, and I think the Panthers are really beginning to look good. Um, I think that them letting um, Cam Newton run the ball again has really sort of brought that offense alive, and I, I suspect that um, they are going to be too much for the Jets to handle. Possibly. I, I'm going to go for the Panthers on, on, on that one. Uh, Seahawks, 49ers, 6.5 points given to the 49ers, fresh off their, uh, off their bye week. Seahawks a bit broken. And on the road... It's, and on the road. It's, but... The San Francisco 49ers have picked up so many injuries. I'm not sure they're going to, and they lost a lot of players. I think for the season, so I suspect mm. the Seahawks are going to win. Yeah, I'm, I, I think I think I'm going to be picking the Seahawks for this. I, I'm just tempted by the 49ers because of that six and a half points, and I just do wonder if the Seahawks, even if they are going to win more games, whether they're going to be able to, you know, win by a clear touchdown. Yeah, maybe. 
Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders. Paxton Lynch is going to be starting for the Denver Broncos this week. Uh, five and a half points are given to them. Who the hell knows? Seriously, who the hell knows? Yeah. Uh, it's not enough for me, I don't think, to uh, to go for the Broncos. Yeah, no. Um, I think I agree with you, but I have no faith in the Raiders either. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's not an easy one to call, but I think I'm still going for the, no, for the Raiders. No, it really, really isn't. Um, what a hell of a game this is going to be. Rams-Saints, two teams oh. that haven't lost forever. Uh, except the Rams just lost last week but um, are oh, we allowed to watch oh. the Rams Rams two weeks in a row because this does look to be a really really good game um, yeah that's a good point we have watched them uh, this this week haven't we sod it yeah let's watch them again this is, gonna, this is clearly going to be the game of the week isn't it yeah I, pretty much I reckon so and um, it'll be a, a lot to see if the Rams can bounce back and, and it's not disaster if they don't win but um it would be really good for them, but and the Saints are on the road. But the Saints have been really impressive with defense and running the ball, and I just think it's be a really good game. And right now, I think I'm leaning Saints because yeah. last week Drew Brees proved that he can still do Drew Brees things if needed, and so that makes the Saints very scary indeed. I'm going Saints as well. Uh, Jaguars Cardinals four and a half points to Arizona. Jaguars, I think the Cardinals are just too 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 broken. Although um, Blaine Gabbert wasn't too awful. No, I, I tend to agree on that one. I think I'm going to be picking with you on that. Uh, massive one. 13.5 points given to the Packers against the Steelers. The, if the Packers struggle to move the ball against the Ravens, they're going to struggle against the Steelers. Explosive offence, I suspect the Steelers might cover this. I'm I'm going Steelers. Yeah, yeah. that's where my inclination is. Yeah. Um, and then final game Monday nights, it's Texans against Ravens. 6.5 points given to Houston. Tom Savage looked a little better, but this Ravens defense is really good. But are they really going to win by a touchdown? I really don't know. I'm really not sure which way to go on this one. For Ravens, because because their defense is really good, but their offense is just woeful. But it feels like it's really hard to predict them because it feels week to week all the time, just depending on what how the ball bounces. Yeah, I'm. I'm at this point. I'm thinking Ravens. I think I'm going Texans, but I'm not sure. We'll see. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you've liked what you've heard this week, please do remember to give us a like, a subscribe, and maybe even a review through whatever medium you procure your podcast. It really does help us to get into as many pairs of ears as we possibly can. It's going to be a bit of a strange one next week because uh, schedules are conspiring against us, which means we're going to be doing a roundup of week, week 12, but as we'll be recording on Monday, you'll have to wait for the uh, the blog to see who we're picking in week 13, uh, when we, we may start to see some of the uh, first teams cementing their place in the postseason. In the meantime, make sure you check out thewrongfootball.com for more from the mind of G uh, and remember if you want to get in touch with us you can either drop us an email to tdbfpodcast at outlook.com or find either G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at tdbfdan thanks again for listening and we'll see you again next week give me one second I'll have a cat related issue Colin you little bastard <laughs>